Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. The deadline for New York City workers to get vaccinated against COVID-19 arrived today, and as a result, thousands of cops, firefighters, and other municipal employees were placed on unpaid leave, while thousands more wait in limbo as their exemption applications are processed. I'll take a look at the latest vaccine mandate to leave essential workers without jobs and leave the American people less safe in tonight's Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line, I'm Buck Sexton. It all comes together in New York, folks. That's where we're seeing the vaccine mandate pushback really reach high gear. The latest is that the deadline is today, November, uh, November 1st. And sure enough, as promised, the worst mayor in America, Mayor Bill de Blasio, has decided that there will in fact be thousands and thousands of city employees, including firefighters, police, who are on unpaid leave as a result of not complying with the vaccine mandate. Here's America's worst mayor telling you just that. We've got now approximately 9,000 city employees on leave without, play, leave without pay today. So let's do it again. 9,000 city employees in leave without pay status at this moment out of a workforce of almost 400,000. So that's less than 6% of the entire workforce. Now, again, every one of those 9,000 is welcome to come back, get vaccinated. We've got about 12,000 who have applied for a religious or medical exemption. That will be worked on over the coming days and they'll get their answer. Either they get the exemption or they don't, and then they should act accordingly. If they don't get the exemption, come back to work. If they do, then they do. That's right. If they do, they do, he says. What does it mean for the city in the meantime? What about the 9,000 who are not showing up for their jobs? If they're not essential, who is essential? I mean, what kind of things are we talking about here? What kind of positions, what kind of roles? Fire department, that's one. The New York City Fire Department, FDNY, had 26 fire companies citywide on, on Saturday uh, not working due to staff shortages because of the COVID-19 vaccination mandate. According to furious elected officials who ripped the move as unconscionable and said it could have catastrophic consequences. Well, yeah, here we are. People have been saying for a while that if you continue to force these mandates, if you force people to get shots that they in many cases don't need, and in a lot of cases they just don't want to get and view as a violation of their freedom, that there would be pushback and people would say this is tyrannical and they would not go to their jobs. They would not do their jobs uh, in this country as a result. It's exactly what is happening. It's how it's playing out. 
Now, there are some who will think, okay, we'll just expect these city workers, the 9,000 who are currently on leave, the 12,000 who are waiting to get an exemption, by the way, a lot of them who don't get an exemption, if they don't get an exemption, will probably fall into the numbers of those on unpaid leave because they will still refuse to get the shot. That's what we've seen elsewhere. So what is the argument here in favor of backing off? Well, here's the FDNY Firefighters Association president who is saying this vaccine mandate is politics and the stakes are very high. It's unnecessary. Why would the mayor or the commissioner send firefighters home 600 days into this pandemic when it, there wasn't a problem last year when we asked them to test everybody and they refused? You know, this is this is a political game they're playing right now. And, the you know, the the, the, the stakes of the game, are the lives of New Yorkers right now, as of as of last year's statistics, there's on average 65 fires a day, structural fires. There's 1,400 life-threatening medical emergencies every day in I'm, New York City. There's over 80 heart attacks every day. Look, Do you know, the, you know the survivability of heart attack victims in New York City is 32%? Andrew, I just want to if ask you, you increase response, If you increase response times by a few minutes to a heart attack victim, that is without question Andrew. the difference between life and death. The difference between life and death for people who are actually going through a heart attack. It's not just some theoretical, this is reality in the city of New York, but still got to get them to get the shot because of a virus that has a 99.7% survival rate, because of a vaccine that, as we know, is imperfect, and that's putting it mildly, still allows people to get sick, still allows people to spread the virus, but this has become an issue of politics, almost religious zeal from the mandate folks out there. They think that if you won't get the shot, you're a bad person. In fact, we've gone from celebrating the NYPD and the FDNY in New York, especially in the post-9-11 era. These are, in some cases, the actual literal men and women who responded on 9-11 and uh, were so brave on that day. And New York City then had a very powerful feeling for its law enforcement officers, for its fire department for a long time. Now you get people like the New York Times, which is still, I guess, one of the top papers in New York, which is sad to say, but of course it is. The New York Times has guys going out there saying, yeah, if you don't want to get vaxxed, getting fired seems fair. Here's what he said. The thing I would say is when people quit or get fired because they won't take the vaccine, I would think of that. There is some real good news there. I mean, it is your legal right to not take the vaccine. We live in a country that prioritizes individual freedom. Um, but if you refuse to take the vaccine, you're putting a lot of people's parents and grandparents, um, including some who are vaccinated, people who are immunocompromised, you are putting those people at risk of serious illness or even death. And so if the punishment that you need to take for potentially harming others um, is you can't have the job you have, I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, you're choosing to put others at risk. Um, people who can't protect themselves. And that means um, uh, I don't have a lot of sympathy for what you have to forfeit. What a smug little fascist. I mean, really, it's important you see that. This guy writes for the New York Times, but he's indicative of elite leftist liberal opinion all across the country and major cities in particular. Yeah, sorry, you're putting people at risk. You know what also puts people at risk? Going to restaurants. I guess we should shut them all down, right? You know what also puts people at risk? Having the Met Ball or having the, you know, the various parties and, and gatherings that Democrats somehow have no problem with. College football games, even when they're outdoors, that's horrible. 
But fancy things for fancy people, well, the virus doesn't spread there. The Obama birthday party, for example, in Martha's Vineyard this summer, a sophisticated vaccinated crowd. You've noticed the games they play constantly with this. Yeah, you could always say there's some risk. There's some risk to leaving your house. I literally mean that, leaving your house to go outside. You could get COVID, it could happen. Someone could pass you, but we're not gonna live our lives that way. But the cowards do want us all to live our lives that way because they want total control. Some people are finally realizing how absurd and insane this is in greater numbers, I should say, than in the past. Here's an NBC News poll on the support for vaccine mandates. Do you favor or oppose requiring that everyone who's now eligible must get a COVID-19 vaccine? Favor 47%, only 34% strongly. Oppose 50%, 41% strongly. That 34%, by the way, those are crazy libs in this country who also think that masking outdoors and masking children, which is child abuse, and it's disgusting that people do this, they're on board for all of that too. They're the hardcore Fauciites. Reason, rationality, data, human experience, none of that matters to them. This is a religion for them. They're the good people, you see. They're the ones that have all the answers, even though they're wrong all the time. Then they pretend like that's not what happened. You can't see reality, even though who's actually delusional here? Well, they are, of course. We'll have more on this with New York City talk show host Mark Simone in just a moment. I want to talk to you about my friends at My Digital Money. Crypto markets heating up. Bitcoin, Ethereum, so many digital tokens out there. That's where My Digital Money comes in, though, right? Where do you get started with all this? My Digital Money is an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with incredible customer service. It's one of the few U.S.-based crypto companies that will help you answer the phone. Uh, well, they'll answer your phone call, rather, and they'll help you get started. Because your comfort and security is their top priority. They offer an unparalleled military security for your coins. They'll even set you up with a play money account so you can test the mark without risking actual cash. Look, when it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals who have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back with more. Hold the line. New York City is bracing for a serious shortage of police officers, firefighters, and other city workers starting today as COVID vaccine mandates kick in for nearly all city employees. Some 24,000 city workers and more than 2,000 firefighters called out on Friday and could now face, or they are actually, on unpaid leave as of today. Here to react, iHeartRadio talk show host on 710WOR in New York City, Mark Simone. Mark, good to see you. Hey, good to see you. Thanks for having me. Just give us a sense, man. You're following the New York situation very closely. What, what is the scope of this problem? I mean, we're looking at these numbers. Those, those look like a lot of folks who are not on the job. And these are the kind of jobs, police, fire, sanitation, where a city could get hurt without these in place. Yeah, a city that's already got a crime problem, already got garbage piling up all over the streets. Looks like we lost 9,000 uh, workers today. And by the way, they're not all coming back. Uh, we know that uh, Florida, Ron DeSantis, offered them uh, $5,000 to come down there. But uh, the real problem is the suburban police departments, Long Island and uh, Westchester, are uh, poaching some of these cops now. And a lot of them would like to work on Long Island because they live there, so they're not all gonna come back. It's a stupid thing to do. I'm for the vaccine, I've got the vaccine. But uh, you know, I also love Ashman. That doesn't mean it should be mandated. That's absolutely ridiculous. We got New York Post cover today, minutes from tragedy. What can you tell us about the, uh, the firefighter situation as well. It looks like a lot of numbers there, or rather high numbers there of those who are out. The firefighters uh, union chief, we, we played him at the top of the show, basically saying, we're not gonna bend. I mean, you got sources in the NYPD and the FDNY, Mark. Are these guys gonna take it all the way? Because it seems like the de Blasio approach up to this point has been, 
They'll get the shot. They'll get the shot. Are these are these folks going to get it? I don't think so. There was a, a couple of thousand that got it on Friday, but that's not enough to, to really keep uh, police and fire full force. Uh, these commissioners, I, I know I've, I've talked to a lot of them. They thought that somebody would blink here. They thought the city would blink, uh, not realizing that de Blasio is not paying attention. You have to be like right on top of something to be able to blink. He's out to lunch. He does the TV briefing. He's like Fauci, does the TV show, and that's it. Goes home and uh, no more. So there's another problem for the Democrats they're not thinking about. Uh, and, and people may not realize this, most of the uh, New York City Police Department minorities and the black community is the one uh, that one community that's not having a high vaccination rate. So they're getting affected the most by this. And that's one of the most important uh, groups in the Democratic base. And the Democrats are alienating this group by laying off people in that community. And uh, everybody in that community knows somebody has gotten laid off and they don't like this. It's turning people off to Democrats. Here's a former NYPD officer, he just resigned as a result of the VAX mandate, Mark, I want to have you respond and tell us what the folks in the NYPD are saying about this. Play it. Tomorrow I'm leaving uh, the job and I'm done. I'm done being part of this whole f***ing charade. Um, I'm done being part of the whole f***ing illusion. The discussing politicians of the city, they are definitely taking advantage of the good people of New York City. I stand for what's right. And I don't believe what's happening right now is right. And it is your, uh, it's your choice. It's your option. What you decide to do. It shouldn't be an ultimatum. They're telling you you have a choice, but you not being able to feed your family or not have a pension, that's not a choice, man. That's an ultimatum. And those are tactics that manipulators and abusers use. Mark, is that, does that square with what you're hearing from the guys that have a problem with the mandate? Oh, absolutely. This is a horrific solution. And the reason for it is these leaders that we have right now, de Blasio, Biden-type leaders, they have no influence on the public. The public doesn't watch them, doesn't listen to them, doesn't respect them. So they can't go out there and motivate people to get the vaccine, which would be the way to do it. They can't get people to listen to them. So they have to try something stupid like this. And uh, it, it's, it's just going to get worse. And then the other thing they did, and this was a huge mistake, a lot of people had the virus. They're immune. In fact, that immunity is probably better than the vaccine. But there's no card for that that you can show to get into a restaurant. And that's the big flaw in the system. Yeah, the fact that there's no natural immunity exemption is just a, they're just ignoring science that everyone now recognizes and, and sure should recognize rather, but it's not fitting in with the policy. So I think that makes that pretty clear. Mark, before we switch gears for a second to another topic, I want to get you to talk about, um, do they have enough to backfill? Do we have some sense as to whether, you know, how long can the city go without these thousands of, of people in fire, police, sanitation before they can't, you know, make up the numbers? You know what I'm saying? I mean, they feel like they can go a week, two weeks. Yeah. Do we have any sense of that? Well, uh, Blasio says there's no problem. They can do it by juggling schedule. If he says they can do it, I guarantee you they can't. He's always <laughs> wrong. So I, I, there's going to be a huge problem, and I, I hate to think what's going to happen. And you also got to remember sanitation, all that stuff. Garbage is piling up everywhere. Crime is spiking out of control. Shootings all over the place. We can't afford this right now. It's going to be a dangerous city with crap everywhere and, and buildings on fire pretty soon. It's not, not a good situation at all, but... I want to switch gears here um, and get your take. I, I got to say, Cuomo now facing charges, criminal charges for the sexual uh, assault. You know, it used to be we talked about sexual harassment. It seemed like it was comments. But then there's this groping allegation. Um, here's Cuomo firing back. He, he uh, responded. He said, in the last 72 hours, Sheriff Apple and Tish James have epitomized the worst combination of politics, incompetence, and abuse of the law 
Politics is to be kept separate from law enforcement. Citizens chose their leaders in elections, not by political prosecution of opponents. That is the cardinal rule James and Apple have violated. Justice dictates it must be corrected. First of all, is he suggesting that they're prosecuting him to keep him from trying to run again? Is, that, is he that delusional? Mark, what's going on here? Well, uh, it, it, when you're facing charges, you can do two things. You can meet with your lawyers and beat the charges. If you know you can't do that, you can meet with investigators and try to find dirt on the prosecutors and try to smear the prosecutors. So by taking that route, he's made it pretty clear he can't fight the charges. Now, uh, it, it's not a massive case of sexual assault. It's unwanted touching which seems a little mild, but in New York State, that's a crime. It's a misdemeanor crime, which got signed into law by a governor named Cuomo. So he's the victim of his own law. Not every state has a law for simple unwanted touching, but this state does, and I, it, listen, Are they gonna take this all the way? I mean, are they gonna prosecute him for unwanted touching? And you think that, I mean, is he gonna have to show up in court and deal with this? What do you think happens? Oh, November 17th, he has a court date. He has to be there or his lawyers have to be there. He'll be charged November 17th. And I think he has to do a mugshot. He's got the perfect face. He's always got that mugshot expression on his face. I, I think he's gonna have to be fingerprinted. If he's convicted of this charge, I don't think he'd go to jail, but he, if convicted, he'd have to register as a sex offender. <laughs> so, he would have to register it, as it, a maybe, sex maybe, offender for this? Wow. If Victor of this. Now, maybe this is not the way we should be getting him, but you know what? It's like Al Capone. If they couldn't get him on the big stuff, get him on the income tax, whatever you have to get him on. Hey, and don't forget, this is the smaller of the charges. He's still facing the U.S. Attorney Eastern District, which is working on some very serious charges about covering up the nursing home scandal, uh, lying to investigators. That's the one that could really take him down. Is this the biggest, in terms of height to depths of despair, you know, the heights of glory, the depths of despair, Mark? Is this the biggest political fallout or, you know, biggest political reversal in living memory? Have you ever seen anything like that? The governor of New York went from the hero of the pandemic to now he might he might register as a sex offender if they actually get him on this and face federal charges. It's a pretty big swing. Well, yeah, you know, you could say Nixon is the biggest. It was a president who had to resign, but that was just a simple campaign stuff. This is the grimiest, dirtiest. Uh, you know, the problem is this is a guy who hasn't got a friend in the world. He has threatened, bullied everybody he worked with, everybody in New York State, everybody in the press. Can you name another case, something this prominent, where not a single person anywhere has come out to defend him? No. And that tells you everything. No. I mean, I'm just waiting for him to put out a statement about fighting the NRA or something or, you know, taking time to, you know, heal the community or some nonsense. He's got nothing, Mark. He's got nothing. We'll see how this goes. Thanks no. so much for being here, man. Appreciate seeing you. Appreciate the insight. Thanks for having me. Climate change hypocrisy on full display during the G20 summit and a Southwest Airlines pilot is under fire for using the phrase, let's go Brandon, allegedly during an in-flight announcement. We'll have those stories with the First TV's Morgan Zeggers coming up. I want to take a quick second and talk about one of the newest sponsors here on Hold the Line, Fume. Fume is the number one natural way to quit smoking and vaping. They're all about creating positive habits. Here's how simple they make it for you. Fume created a natural inhaler that allows your body to receive the amazing benefits from some of the world's best super plants. It's a Canadian-made handcrafted wooden inhaler with no electronics. It makes quitting smoking easier. There's no smoke, no vape, no nicotine, and no harmful chemicals. You need to check out Fume. It's an amazing company. They also have other areas of support beyond just helping you quit smoking. Head to breathefume, spelled F-U-M, dot com slash buck, and take their quiz to find out which super plants are best for you. It's quick, easy, and will point you to specific plants and the research behind them for their benefits. When you use code buck at checkout, you'll get 10% off. 
Breathe in the benefits of the world super plant today. Don't wait. It's time to quit smoking or vaping. Go to breathefumefum.com slash buck. Morgan Zeggers is up next. Stay right there. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joe Biden was in Rome on Sunday for this year's annual G20 summit, where the topic of climate change was front and center. Biden has been vocal over his stance on the efforts of reducing carbon emissions around the globe. What better way to address the climate crisis with the other world leaders than to have an 85-car motorcade, that's right, 85 cars, escorting him around Rome? Well, if he's so outspoken on reducing the state of the climate emergency, why hasn't the president been able to put pressure on China or India, which are actually the two biggest CO2 emitters in the world and polluters? Morgan Zeggers, contributor here at The First TV, joins me to Debunk the hypocrisy. Morgan, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Buck? I'm all right. Although when I see world leaders all gathered together and I see a, uh, a gathering, a climate gathering going on where there are people who still want to worship a child prophet known as Greta Thunberg around all this, I start to wonder about the emotional health of many millions and millions of people around the world. But let's just first start with Joe Biden before we get into that. Here he is talking about, well, Biden stuff in Rome. Check it out. Mr. President, did he ever want to come up at all? No, he didn't. He came up and just talked about the fact that he was happy I was a good Catholic and keep receiving communion. Joe Biden's a good Catholic, oh. huh? Yeah, not so much. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Buck, when I watch this kind of stuff, I really am like, wow, he's like a propaganda bot. He just says these utterly absurd things that average Americans that are watching this on TV, we go, he can't be serious, right? It's getting that bad. Yeah, it is indeed. Here he is. I was speaking about climate change, by the way. And I, I just wanted to throw out that one Biden thing where he says he's a good Catholic. Of course, he's a huge proponent of abortion for all nine months of a pregnancy in direct contradiction to church teaching. And actually, some bishops have called for Biden to be Denied communion, which as a Catholic, I think he should be. Um, but instead, the Pope is saying, oh, yeah, he's great because he's great on climate change. That's one thing where the Pope, unfortunately, and Biden align. Here's Biden talking about how climate change is destroying everything, man. I mean, it's everywhere. It's ruining stuff. Here he is. Climate change is already ravaging the world. We've heard from many speakers. It's not hypothetical. It's not a hypothetical threat. It's destroying people's lives and livelihoods and doing it every single day. It's costing our nations trillions of dollars. Record heat and drought, fueling more widespread and more intense wildfires in some places and crop failures in others. Record flooding and what used to be a once in a century storms 
are now happening every few years. First of all, where is he talking about? How? What, what are the numbers? I mean, it's just, it doesn't even matter, right? It's just, this is a religious belief for people who think they're too smart for religion. That, that seems to be what this is. And Biden is trying to be a high priest in it. Yeah, I, I mean, Buck, we are in what? It's now November 2021 of this pandemic that we've been experiencing for who knows how long at this point. Every day is like the other. Uh, I'm really worried, though, because if you just I don't mean to diminish anything about COVID-19, but if you look at the symptoms that people get, if you look at the overall impact and then you consider how drastic the world has changed in terms of just American leadership, Western philosophy, the rejection of choice and the embrace of authoritarianism and tyranny, all for the coronavirus. Now, what is what's about to happen if our world leaders like President Joe Biden, the leader of the free world, are telling us that now climate change is ravaging the planet and destroying lives? It makes me a little nervous for what's to come. Yeah, if they can shut down your church and your business and tell you to stay at home and force needles into your arm and all these other things based upon a virus with a 99.7% overall survival rate, much, much higher than that for people under the age of 60 all around the world, as we know. And then you have Biden walking around at this climate conference and then standing up on stage and muttering stuff like this. I mean, this is crazy town. Play it. This is the challenge of our collective lifetimes. The existential threat, threat to human existence as we know it. And every day we delay, the cost of inaction increases. So let this be the moment that we answer history's call here in Glasgow. Let this be the start of a decade of transformative action that preserves our planet and raises the quality of life for people everywhere. Existential threat to human existence, which of course existential existence is kind of repetitive, but the idea here is that uh, it's gonna wipe us all out, Morgan. This is the President of the United States going on, a, going on the world stage, so to speak, saying this. I mean, I think this should, in a more normal world, which we're not living in, unfortunately, anymore, this would get you put in a room with rubber walls. I mean, this are padded walls. This is pretty crazy. It, Buck, my my heart hurts watching that kind of stuff because I'm very well read on history. I'm a history nerd, and I'm specifically, honestly, not even just the 20th century. Everything that happened then. If you look at the last two years, look what these people have done over the coronavirus. Like you said, over 99% uh, rate of of just being able to be like, okay, I got the coronavirus, and I'm moving on. They ruined the planet, basically, the world economy, the national economy here in America over the coronavirus. And now the president of the United States is saying that climate change is an existential crisis that will take a 10-year period of transformation. I mean, they said that it would be a two-week period of transformation to fix coronavirus. And now we have Joe Biden saying 10-year transformation is required for climate change. I, myself, I will tell you, am nervous about what that means. I, My heart hurts hearing that because I know that we have a long road ahead. I'm begging the people out there that are watching and listening to this, really consider what's about to happen now. If they can justify their behavior over the last two years for a virus that's 99% survival rate. Uh, Morgan, I just want to, before we switch topics, uh, this was fun. Biden, of course, because we should get him a blanket for his knees and some applesauce and a sippy cup. Here he is at the conference falling asleep. I don't know if people have seen this or not. Look, we've all been there. What could be more boring First of all, you're masked up, right? Because even though you're vaccinated, you have to be masked up indoors, which makes no sense, but they do it anyway. Uh, what could be more boring than being at a climate change conference and having to really pretend that you're, you're afraid for humanity unless 
we make reductions to CO2 emissions that, by the way, the world is never going to make, and China and India aren't even taking this seriously. The whole thing is a joke. But anyway, I'd fall asleep, too. It's the smartest thing he did while he was there. Let's go Brandon Chancer out there, Morgan. Switching gears here for a second. We got media analysts and blue check liberals losing their minds over a Southwest Airlines pilot who said, let's go Brandon, allegedly, according to an Associated Press report. Not even clear if that's what he said. Some said he said, let's go Braves, but who cares? And then uh, over at CNN, Asha Rangappa, formerly of the FBI, among the dumbest people on television, uh, she compared his tweets to, well, ISIS. She said uh, on Twitter, as an experiment, I'd love for a Southwest Airlines pilot to say long live ISIS before taking off. My guess is that the plane would be immediately grounded, the pilot fired, statement issued by the airline within a matter of hours. Yeah, because uh, making fun of Joe Biden and declaring uh, one's association with a terrorist organization that murders uh, thousands and thousands of people all over the world, uh, that's the same thing, apparently, if you're a CNN analyst. Pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, the left loves to be able to insert political thought and political action into every aspect of everyday life. But when we do it, it's like domestic terrorism. And this has been a long time coming. I mean, I we see it on college campuses specifically. And the big concern is that a lot of people say, oh, those kids will grow up and they won't be so crazy. It's not happening anymore. These kids are graduating from their totalitarian little college campuses. And then they go off into the real world and they bring their same ideas of authoritarianism and totalitarianism into the workplace and into to corporate America. But we're seeing this here with the vilification of anybody who dares to commit wrong think. And that's what they want to ostracize this this man from his position of power, his position of employment. And I just think it's hilarious. What they're doing here is they're saying that our political speech and thought is violence against them, comparing it to ISIS. And what the concern here is, and history shows it, when you convince someone that their speech and way of being and lifestyle is violence against other people, what happens next is the justification that you can then act upon them because you are preventing violence against others and saving others from harm. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Morgan. Great to see you, Morgan. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for having me, bud. A new Netflix docuseries hosted by Colin Kaepernick is raising some eyebrows for comparing playing for the National Football League to slavery. Coming up, we'll talk to former NFL player Jack Brewer about the bizarre comparison I want to tell you about my friends at My Digital Money. It seems like everyone wants to invest in crypto these days, Bitcoin, Ethereum, any of the digital tokens out there. It's not easy to get started. That's where My Digital Money comes in. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with concierge-level customer service. It's one of the few U.S.-based cryptocurrency companies that will answer your phone call and help you get started. Because your comfort and security is their absolute top priority. They offer you an unparalleled military-grade security for your coins, trigger orders to help you secure opportunities for gains or limit losses without having to watch your account 24-7, a play money account so you can test the market without risking your money. Look, the crypto market's heating up. This could be a great time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. You need a team that has your back when it comes to your money. That's the folks at My Digital Money. Go to MyDigitalMoney.com. Again, that's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Netflix getting some scrutiny again after the release of their new docu-series, Colin in Black and White, in which former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick compared the NFL draft process to slavery. Take a look. Before they put you on the field, teams poke, pride, and examine you searching for any defect that might affect your performance no boundary respected no dignity left intact Unbelievable. Kaepernick spent half a decade asking NFL teams to give him another shot in the league, and now he's decided that actually being an NFL player is, by, as what you see here in the, in the movie, is like being a slave. Yeah. Joining me now is former NFL safety and White House appointee Jack Brewer. Jack, thank you for being with us. Great to be here, Bob. I, I just want you to tell us what your reaction is as somebody, uh, as an African-American who played in the NFL and had that incredible opportunity and obviously very well paid opportunity. What do you think of, of Colin Kaepernick comparing the NFL combine to a slave auction, which is what he did in that, in that video? I don't know. I mean, I went to the combine and if I'm a slave, I'm a pretty blessed slave, man. Beautiful family, live in a great country. Uh, all the freedoms that, uh, that we have, you know, this, this sick and disgusting messaging uh, from Colin Ka Kaepernick, I call it the Colin Kaepernick doctrine. Uh, it's really pouring into the hearts and minds of so many young black youth across this nation. Uh, and it's that victim mentality that really is uh, a, going to be the detriment. And you're already seeing it. You are reading the math proficiency levels. Whenever you take a population that's already underserved and you start pouring in uh, this, these excuses uh, and where you can even have multimillionaires, National Football League players. Uh, who now are believing that that for some reason <laughs> you're a, you're a slave? You know, it's a it's really a disrespect uh, to the men and women who died during slavery, the men and women who died uh, fighting against slavery. No matter if it's white or black people, forget it. A million white people had to fight to help end slavery too. And so you're disrespecting everybody. You're disrespecting this nation and all that we fought for uh, to become equal. And you're also disrespecting folks around the world. Uh, where there's 17, 18 million slaves still today, uh, and you have millions and millions of people trying to come to the United States of America to chase the American dream and to have the opportunities that we're all afforded. Uh, and then we have one of our most high-profile uh, black leaders uh, in our nation uh, now, uh, for some reason, trying to push uh, this this incredibly ignorant doctrine uh, upon these poor kids. I, I just won't stand for it. I'll, I'll speak against it. Uh, loudly because I think there is an anti-American spirit, an anti-Christ spirit uh, that comes with Colin Kaepernick that we all must stand against. Do you think that some uh, people in the NFL, perhaps current or, or former players who have been supportive of Kaepernick, is, is there any chance in your mind that some of them may say, okay, well, this really does go too far? I mean, to say that the NFL uh, combine is, is a slave auction. I mean, because 
to your point, it's poison. I mean, it's, it's ugly. Do you think there might be some NFL players who say enough is enough, or are they just going to be quiet and let this go? I do. I think you'll have more coming out and staying against it. I think there's a lot more, um, you know, normal, normal-minded NFL players that you might see. A lot of, a lot of folks feel pressure, you know, from the whole BLM movement uh, and a lot of what the left is trying to promote. Uh, they feel obligated uh, to lock arms with Colin Kaepernick because he kneeled uh, to the American flag. You know, I, unfortunately, uh, I, I think a lot of, of athletes and, and entertainers, anyone who's felt the success and accomplished success uh, in America has no right uh, to speak like this because they're living examples of the opposite. And so uh, for you try to try to hit, hypnotize and use hypocrisy, uh, really, uh, when talking about everything that this country is affording people, uh, it, it's really insincere. Uh, and, and I don't know, I, I hope more come out, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if more don't. Uh, we're, in a, we're in a weird time uh, in, in our history. Um, I, I work with young African-American kids all the time, every day. I have a, a youth center, but we pour our heart and soul into these kids. Uh, we're dealing with a different type of spiritual battle right now in this nation. Uh, that's the reason why I, I talk about it. it. It gives me uh, no pleasure to come out and speak about things like this. But you almost have an obligation as a Christian man. You almost have an obligation uh, as an American uh, to stand up to this type of doctrine because it's not about me or you, Buck. It's about those young, vulnerable, most vulnerable inner city kids that, you know, 70% of the black kids don't have fathers already that are influenced by this garbage that they see on TV and media companies like Netflix. That's what we're standing up against. It's a bigger picture than that. And so this is one that's not about us, it's not about our families that we can teach. Uh, it's about all those, those, those kids that are in those broken homes that don't have someone to come and explain what really this nation is about. That's being lost in our country right now. Shifting gears for a moment, Jack, I want to get your take on the left's hypocrisy when it comes to athletes refusing the vaccine mandates. Kyrie Irving is an outspoken NBA player who prides himself on putting his beliefs ahead of his career. Just last year, liberal media praised him for his beliefs, prompting news articles like this op-ed from Complex. Kyrie Irving is one of the most polarizing athletes in sports today. He's never been afraid to speak his mind. That's no different in 2020. With the NBA recently coming to a halt and the bubble, looks like uh, looks very much so like Kyrie was right, too. Everyone can agree it's inspiring. He's willing to speak his mind and often put his money where his mouth is. He stands for what he believes in, like many great athlete activists before him. Now, things have changed, it seems. Kyrie has quickly turned into a villain, uh, Jack, according to liberal media. Uh, there's, this is a headline in the, uh, in the Washington Post. Kyrie Irving's self-pitying refusal to get the vaccine is pathetic and dangerous. Wait, I thought Kyrie speaking out of his politics was amazing and he's a hero and he's great just for being willing to speak out, right? That was the standard. But all of a sudden, Kyrie Irving doesn't want to get the shot and he's pathetic and dangerous, they tell us. Oh. It, it, it is sick. These people are so twisted, I tell you, man. If, if you think that anyone that disagrees with you uh, is evil, uh, you got a problem. I mean, especially when you talk about something where we're arguing about Kyrie Irving taking a vaccine when there has been zero professional athletes die from the coronavirus. There have been zero uh, college athletes die from the coronavirus. So what are we talking about here? Is he endangering himself? No, he's not. If you are going to follow the science, follow the science. And so this man who's already had the coronavirus, we know uh, where he sits. Why are we going to force or even why do we even feel like we have the right to even talk about 
his his decision on what he wants to do. The NBA should be ashamed of themselves for how they handle it. It shouldn't surprise anybody. You're talking about a league that has been putting Black Lives Matters and helping to raise millions of dollars for an antichrist organization that stood up against the family structure in America when the most critical, the most underserved population in our nation is our underserved black boys, particularly black young black men that are reading in, in, in their math proficiency levels compared to third world countries. And so you have an NBA that will, 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 will go out and promote themselves as someone standing up for African Americans. But at the same time, they raise money, millions of dollars in support uh, anti-Christ uh, organizations. I'm done with them. I don't even watch basketball anymore. Uh, it really makes me sick to see uh, so many people with such a huge platform and the ability to change lives in a, in a positive way, stand up for all that's good in this nation, refuse to do so. Uh, Jack, it's gone too. We really appreciate you coming on here, man, and speaking some truth. Uh, thanks, and we hope you come back soon. Anytime, brother. God bless you, man. You too. A haggard-looking Alec Baldwin spoke out for the first time this past weekend about the fatal shooting of cinematographer Helena Hutchins on the set of Rust, the TV, uh, movie they were filming last week. Here we had, he had to say, rather, uh, coming up in quick hits. But first, you ever wanted to invest in real estate but didn't have the time to do it on your own? Didn't want to make rookie mistakes? I felt exactly the same way as you told about a year ago. Always loved the idea of real estate investments but didn't want to get involved in something without someone to guide me through the process. That's when I met my friends at Done For Your Real Estate. They took all the guesswork out of it for me. They found me an awesome property, rented it out for me right away, and managed the tenant for me. Now I get a check every month like clockwork. Don't wait another second to see if my buddies Done For You Real Estate can do for you what they did for me. Visit doneforyoubuck.com and they'll take you through every step of the process. They'll show you exactly what you have to do so you can handle your first real estate investment like a pro. Go to doneforyoubuck.com to see what my friends at Done For You Real Estate can do for you. Again, that's doneforyoubuck.com. We'll be right back with Quick Hits. New embassy polls prove Joe Biden was the wrong Democrat to elect as president, and the far left harasses Senator Kristen Sinema. It is time for quick hits. Okay, so this has been a, a major news story uh, because of who's involved. Otherwise, it would just be a tragic uh, accident that may result in criminal charges. We'll have to see. But it involves the left-wing, very famous actor Alec Baldwin, and therefore it's a national news story. Well, here he is on the shooting at the, that, that occurred. He shot a person. He killed a person. It was an accident. Was it criminal negligence? That's what's still being investigated. But here he is breaking his silence. Not sure if lawyers would say this is a smart move, but he did speak to the press about it. Here's what he said. What do you want to know? All right, Alec, what's the current state of what's going on with the case? I'm not allowed to make any comments because it's an ongoing investigation. I've been ordered by the sheriff's department in Santa Fe. I can't answer any questions about the investigation. I can't. It's an active investigation in terms of a woman dying. She was my friend. She was my friend. The day I arrived in Santa Fe to start shooting, I took her to dinner with Joel, the director. We were a very, very, excuse me, we were a very, very, you know, well-oiled crew shooting a film together, and then this horrible event happened. But you met with her family? Uh, in the Helena, yes, her I name met is with her Helena. Husband. If you're spending this much time waiting for us, you should you know, know her, her name. name. Her name is Helena. Helena Hutchins. I met with her husband, Matthew, and her son. Yeah, that's right. And uh, how did that meeting go? Uh, I wouldn't know how to characterize it. Um, be, they're they're, they're you, mortified. You guys, you, guys you know what? You, no I'm, details. Do, do me a favor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer the question. He's uh, not letting the wife speak up there. Interesting. Anyway, uh, 
will this in, will this result in charges? That's when this becomes a news story again. Uh, I would guess unlikely, just based on Alec Baldwin's profile, and they're not going to bring charges against the guy for what was it was clearly an accident. Let's let's all be clear about that. But was there negligence involved? The kind of negligence that can involve criminal charges. Well, that's what remains to be seen, and we will have to find out. Meanwhile, the Democrats are having a really rough time of it. Uh, that's obvious. Joe Biden's administration is preposterous. It is failing. It is not delivering for anybody except maybe the Chinese who are looking and laughing at all the problems we have in this country. Here is Chuck Todd pointing out that the polls have a lot of bad news for Democrats. We have a brand new NBC News poll out this morning that's filled with some scary news for the Democrats. The overarching message Americans have lost their confidence in President Biden and their optimism for the country. At least they have right now. Just 22% of adults say we're headed in the right direction. A shocking 71% say we're on the wrong track. And that includes a near majority of Democrats who are saying that. President Biden's approval rating stands at a dismal 42% versus 54% who disapprove. Believe it or not, just two months ago, Mr. Biden was in positive territory. 49% approving, 48% disapproving. So what's pulling down the president's numbers? Well, look at this set of numbers. Just 37% say he has the ability right now to handle a crisis versus nearly a majority who say he does not. 37% also say he's competent and effective as president. 50% disagree with that description. Hmm. Not going well for Biden, that's for sure. Not going well for Democrats in general. Speaking of crazy Democrats, Kirsten Cinema was a guest at a wedding, and protesters crashed it like psychos. Here you go. Could you just go down to Bella? Yeah. Yeah. For an hour? Yeah. 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 How about yeah. my daughter's wedding? Oh, yeah. Just okay. for an hour. Just let her get married. Please. It's, okay. it's, it's, this person is not my daughter. My daughter's getting married. Tell, will you tell her that? Did, did you yeah. invite Senator? Did really you really here? No, you tell her. Really we don't like what she's doing to our country. I'm going to invite this woman. You know what? It's my daughter's wedding. So please, throw her out. Please, please just go down to the corner for one hour. Please. It's my daughter's wedding. Shame. Just one hour. Shame. Shame. Yeah, leftists are psychopaths, in case you didn't know. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News of Bill O'Reilly's up next, Shields High. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.